All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler Friel, and sitting with me, I got got the illustrious Frank Schultz once again. Howdy, everybody. Good to be back. I'm sure everybody's been chomping at the bit to hear from you again. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, today we're going to be talking a little bit about trapping the uh, red-headed stepchild of the outdoor pursuits, if I had to, if I'm being honest and and... I don't know, thinking it's, about how it's perceived and everything. Seems to be the most controversial. Yeah, it uh, it definitely is. But it's kind of interesting. Well, I don't know, we'll talk about a lot of general stuff and hopefully some useful information. But I think it's kind of neat. Frank, this is his very first year trapping. Yes, it is. And I bought a brand new snow machine this year, my first ever, and was told that you won't have that snow machine for more than a couple of months and you'll have traps on the ground. And I swore up and down that I, it was just another thing that I didn't need to put money into. Yeah. And I would, I refused. I wasn't going to do it. That lasted about less than a month of snow on the ground. It lasted about, um, well, about the snow machine. First of November I had it. And the first trap was on the ground on December 30th. You gave me those links those uh, number four long springs. Yeah. You gave me three of them, I think. Something like that. Four, three or four, something like that. You're and like, no, uh, I just, you, you just gave me one. Yeah. <laughs> you, gave, oh, you don't need those back. Uh, the, I lost all those. <laughs> I didn't know how to wire them to a tree, so the animals took them all. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, this will be kind of cool, um, maybe getting a little philosophical on this whole deal, but uh, I think it'll be cool because I've trapped for quite a few years. I mean, I started trapping when I was a kid in Colorado, and I think it was 1994. When you first started trapping? No, when they when the ding, when a bunch of dingbats down there got it banned. In so, Colorado? Yeah. Uh, Effect, you know, there's still some ways you can trap, but effectively you can't trap. And so a little bit of a hiatus from it and got into predator calling and all that. But it was after moving, moving up to Alaska that I really started trapping a lot and have learned a ton. And so I think it'll be cool, like in this discussion, the different perspectives, you know, me having trapped for quite a few years, although, although I'm not near as serious about it as a lot of guys and you like having a, I mean, been Full, hunting all hunting all your life and just right, now but starting I'm trapping. Fully green in the whole trapping yeah. world. Yeah. I think it'll. I think it'll. Uh, it'll be. I'm interested to hear like your perspective on some things. And I don't know. I guess I to start trapping. I mean, I see a lot of hypocrisy in whether it's the you call it the outdoor industry or just whatever in general. It seems like trapping is the first thing that everybody shits on. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean big time there and there's there's a lot of people that that are indifferent to it you know like like guys in colorado say you know getting to be my age like you you were kids when it was banned so no one really does it and kind of forgotten about yeah so you're yeah. just totally separated from that and uh not not to say that you know i would say probably a majority of like outdoorsmen would still still stand behind it and support it but still it's kind of the it gets played a lot as the first line of defense. I mean, it's the easiest thing for yeah anybody to take easiest a dump target on. for anti hunters yeah. to come after. And we won't get into the whole you know like, all right now they came for this and then they're coming for this. And I mean it's true, but that doesn't need to be rehashed here. I don't feel like. But uh, 
Yeah, it uh, it always irritates me going back to the kind of hypocrisy. There are, I mean, there's a lot of guys up there, and you see it just kind of looking at, even if they're not just openly bashing trapping or or openly like showing their non-support for it, they you hear people, and most people are super quiet about it. A lot of people, even that I know that hunt, are like, "Uh, oh, what are you trapping for? Why? What, what What do you need to trap for? I'm like, well, it's a little bit of, you know, try to figure this out and supplement a little bit of income in the winter. When I'm, when I'm work is slower kind of thing, you know, is my first thing that I say to, yeah. to people like that, that are like instantly up in arms about how come you need to trap and kill animals. And it's like, well, kind of the same reason that I need to hunt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like, just like hunting, it's a complex issue. There, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, not not to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally get you. But there's there's a lot of reasons you get into it. But I don't know. It seems like today, so many people are like on the bad bandwagon. Almost pull a right, like one of my Ryan Averys on the bag wagon of uh, of uh, getting on the bandwagon of you know. Fully for conservation, you know, promoting conservation and this and that. And, you know, if I had to like stereotype it, it's like the hardcore, you know, purist backcountry bow hunter guy. Yeah. And I love bow hunting. So I do it. So, you know, not singling anybody out, but just thinking of like the stereotype and guys that I've seen bash and trap and the, you know, purist backcountry guy that's all about conservation. And there's a few of them that are. Leaving animals running around the woods with arrows in them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's as far as I'm concerned, hunting is conservation. Trapping is conservation. No, ma- and, I mean, no matter what the breakdown be, I don't care if you're rifle hunting, bow hunting, setting snares, foothold traps, whatever. Yeah. It's and, all conservation. To a responsible hunter, trapper. You know, you can't just go out and be like, oh, we're going to waylay everything that's out here. Yeah. You have to be specific about your, you know, the way you go about it. And if I'm going to, you know, set traps out in an area and there's going to be a lot of sign, a lot of animals in that area. And if there is nothing there, one, it's counterintuitive for me to be wasting my time trying to catch them there. And two, maybe that area needs to repopulate, rejuvenate itself a little bit. You know, there's, yeah. I mean, especially in a place like Alaska, there's plenty of area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, you know, yeah, that, that happens. That happens to me. Yeah. But <laughs> you see me going for a sip of my beer, and the yeah. next thing you know, you're like, oh, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, easily, easily distracted. <laughs> you're talking to Simple Jack here, so. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. It irritates me that, and you can get deep into the whole infighting between the different segments of, outdoorsman but uh i don't know i think in a lot of ways trapping is more involved conservation yeah you're it's personal yeah it's a lot more personal than hunting you know you know hunting and 
you know, and people say, you know, hunting is conservation and you're contrib, you know, through the stuff, the licenses you buy, you're contributing to that. But I would say response, like resp- a responsible trapper is probably the ultimate steward of the land that I've seen. Um, you know, a lot of guys there, you're trapping the same area year to year and it's in your best interest to keep animals to, there. to keep animals there and yeah. keep your populations healthy and balanced and a lot of guys do that like trapping martin for example guys will quit they'll pull all their traps when they start catching more than 50 percent females because once you get to that point you know right the on. goal like the goal of of trapping especially in an area that you're going to be in for a while is you're just taking the surplus yeah, well, yeah, um, you know, yeah, understandable. And, and guys that are responsible, responsible about it, um, you take these animals, and then there's just as many animals there the next year. And there's there's different ways to go about that, but I think you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm a little ways away from that aspect of it yet. I need to figure out what the hell I'm doing yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You're. <laughs> I'm super green at this. Like. Yeah worrying about i need to figure out like where and how many and there's just so many things that i never until starting that i ever would have thought about with trapping yeah um yeah before i'm too concerned with oh i'm catching 50 percent females or you know 100 percent females you got to start catching i need some. to start <laughs> catching a bunch of animals first and like figuring out like how where, why, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is happening, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, after talking to a lot of different people that trap, it seems like it's happening a little bit faster than some other friends that have just started trapping for me than it did for them. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. uh, And the only other thing I'll add, because it's, I don't know, it's just a can of worms to get into the whole thing philosophical things and i am not much of a philosopher but uh i don't know i think you know it's easy to give things bad rap like like many things like shooting bears on bait it's easy to give things bad rap if you don't know anything about it you don't have any firsthand experience yeah um you know probably the most i don't know the most common thing that people go after is oh well you're you know it's cruel like you're pinching these animals by the foot and they're there for for however long and I, I mean obviously want everyone to check their traps in a responsible responsible manner. No one no one that's trapping wants to have critters in there too long, but Right. You know But, na- to, to, but nature itself is way more brutal. Nature is, is than she is a, a pinched bitch. foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh and re- it's just perception. You know, I mean, people, yeah. I think these days, a lot of people are so completely disconnected from what nature really is and how it works that... It's, uh, a, it's a cruel world out there. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, people are just so disconnected that that's shocking to them. And I, what, and I, it's shocking that, that you're trying to trap an animal or shocking that how brutal nature is. Shocking that you're trying to trap an animal because yeah, they have no yeah. idea how brutal nature is. Yeah. And that's understandable, but at the same point, you know, I guess I'll just, I don't know. All I'll say is, like, it's not my job to apologize for this stuff. Like, I'm not going to. 
Oh, you're doing nothing wrong. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. There's um, an animal that's pinching your trap for a couple of days and then gets killed is it's a lot more it's a lot easier on them than it would be if another predator killed them. Oh yeah, and it happens all the time. Uh, on a, a minute by minute basis there's stuff being killed while we're sitting here talking that's probably not even a mile from your house. Yeah. I you mean, know? you know, even like lynx super cannibalistic. Yeah, as soon right. as their food starts, you know, their popul- food population crashes, the toms are eating the females yeah. and the kittens. And, and if they're not eating the, the the toms are not eating the females or the kittens, they're tearing rabbits apart live, yeah. Yeah. you know? And we're not saying that's bad. Like, that's just how right. it works. Exactly. And So it's know, much easier for a, the a lynx to die by my hand. It's a lot less stressful on them than it would be. To have their brother, sister, father, uncle tear them to shreds and eat them, yeah. possibly half alive. Yeah, and and even you know, like even wolves, you know, people try to personify them and make them into these old cuddly family creatures, and Far from they are it. vicious. Like they will eat their own pack. You know, I know one, one guy I know this year caught some of them in snares, and two of them that same pack had eaten them. The one he had caught in a couple, caught yeah. in a couple of them, and the yeah. other, the rest of the pack came in and yeah. ate them. And you hear that a lot from really experienced guys. So like, it's just, it's just weird. And I don't know. I guess as the great Joe Dirt was saying, don't church it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's got to uh, be. That I won't think be too and, much of a problem for me. And like I was mentioning, maybe this. I don't know. Maybe you're not following. Maybe I'm just shooting all over the board, but. Going back to the the hypocrisy, I, which I feel, of some guys that are either not behind or indifferent or opposed to trapping that are you know call themselves outdoorsmen. Um, I had a great one, and I just well, lost it's it. not just you know, it's not just like the anti hunter that's not into trapping. It's like you're saying, it's people that hunt will be like. And that's yeah not no cool. not what about you're doing it. is not cool yeah at all yeah and they uh i don't know they just don't have any idea no i mean that's i love it so far i've been in no oh, i got snow machine whatever so first trap was set what did we just looked i looked on my phone to look at some video like january footage. 1st no, or december, december 30th, 30th. Was the first trap that I put down. I found some lynx traps or tracks, and see, you got me going. You, you, you know, you still. <laughs> <laughs> All I got to do is kick Frank off in the right direction and sit back. Um, get the first tracks. I was out riding my snow machine a month after I got it and found lynx tracks. Went to Tyler and was like, "Oh, so should I go buy some lynx traps?" There every day that I go through here, there's tracks there. Oh no, I got piles of traps. Take these, and that was it. It's over. My whole life is done. <laughs> Trapping every winter from here on out. It's over with. Yeah. So, um, so Frank gets these cat traps from me, and then like two days later, calls me. Oh man, this pack of wolves has been through here every night. 
and I wanted to boil up all my gear and get up there and, and gang set it. Yeah, with you, you were busy. You were busy. You were doing. You were into something. Uh, uh, you were wait, like it's waiting gonna... for our baby to be born and a That's, bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my buddy Temple, I told him because he traps as well, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm not trapping this winter because he just had a baby as well." Well, his wife did, <laughs> but they just had a baby and. He was like, I got these all these um, number nines hanging in a tree in my yard. Come over here. I'll set you up with three or four of them. So I went over there and not knowing a whole lot about it. I talked to Tyler a little bit about, you know, um, them being in the, the same area. And your first advice to me, as well as his, was snare them. But where these wolves were cruising through... There was no snare opportunity. There was not like nothing. It would have been me like me trying to set up on them in the middle of a field kind of thing. Yeah, and I and I told Frank, you know, he's better off snaring them if he can because, you know, a wolf snares are cheaper than traps. You can carry more of them, yeah. and they're a little more forgiving. You know, as you've learned, oh yeah, foothold traps. Yeah, it's not it's not a set them out there and leave them for a month. No, you got to be diligent on keeping an eye on what you got going yeah, on. You know, it, yeah. it really doesn't take much to foul up your set to where, you know, yeah. it freezes up and it's not going to spring. Yeah. Um, especially depending on, you know, whether you're, you're coyote trapping down South, like, and we, we have pretty unique conditions to deal with, but, uh, it ain't easy and you have to keep the stuff working. It, it's an effort. It's a lot of work. It truly has been. And it was, I mean, obviously I got spoiled right off the bat, but it also made me keep right on it because I was like, this is what can happen on a regular basis, you know? Yeah. I told Frank, he's after these wolves, and I wanted to go up there and help him. But I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, all right, you know, go for it. But thinking to myself, there's no way this guy's going to catch catch a wolf. Because they, you know. And Temple was, in the same, Temple was in the same boat. He was just like, yeah, here's a bunch of traps. Can you set them? And I was like, well, shit, it's just a trap. I can set this thing. <laughs> and he's like, all right, this is how you do it. And Temple weighs considerably, you know. He's not quite your size, but he's bigger than I am. So he jumps on the thing and sets it. And I was like, oh, wait, I can do that. Well, I don't. I jumped on it and was like, well, I see why you asked me to set it in your yard. Because I couldn't, I didn't have, I don't have enough weight to make, <laughs> to compress, to, to, the to actually set the damn thing. So I had to set it up so that, well, I set it up in my trailer behind my snow machine. I cut a piece of plywood that sits in the bottom of the trailer that I can put the trap on. And then I can grab both sides of the trailer, step on the trap and literally pull myself down onto the trap. And then once the springs are compressed, I can let go with one hand and set the pan set the set the pan up and get off the thing. But the only way that I could set the trap was to literally have something to pull on to pull my body weight down onto the trap to set it. And we're talking the talking about the Alaska number nine, which is yeah, yep. I don't know, as far as I've seen, it's the best wolf trap in the world. Well they they work. You I know, can they're vouch they're for fast. That. They're fast. They will spring through the snow better than other traps I've seen. It's a design that's been perfect, you know, 
I say perfected. It's been worked on over a lot of years, like eliminating weaknesses and, and whatnot. But uh, anyway, what I one thing I really want – did uh, you have well, something to add? I do. So you call them number nines. Temple calls them number nines. A lot of people I know tell me – so I've heard them called Mannings. Is that the same trap, or is that different, or is that just the first guy that started making them, See, and now, now they've gone to another guy's? Now making I could them. be i I could be off in my facts a little bit. I think it was Ned. I think his name was Ned Manning mm-hmm. that invented that trap. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it's kind of the way I he, it was explained. To if me. it's if it's the guy I'm thinking of, he worked with another machinist that I know in town, and they built them for years, and then. The the number nine trap company has been sold. You know, a few different right. guys have owned it and made them over the with the same basic design over these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the older ones, like they don't have you know laminated jaws where they have some rod or extra steel welded to the jaws to stiffen them up. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a few other cha- changes that they made over the years to improve them. But he was the one that. Yeah, yeah, because I've heard him, you know, be. the old timer, a lot of old timers call him number nine Mannings, but it's yeah. the same trap as the number nine, Alaskan number nines, essentially. Okay. That's where the Alaskan number nines came from. But uh, what I really wanted to get into, and I think is would be cool to look at, what, if I can even narrow it down, what has been, what's, like, what was your perception of, tra- in, in your unique character, <laughs> Uh, what like what was your perception of trapping beforehand? Like what did you expect? Like what I guess what surprised you the most after starting, you know, starting brand new. What surprised me the most was after talking to everybody that I caught something right away. Yeah, For, like and, right off the bat. And I and playing into that, I told Frank, I'm like, man, wolf trapping is an exercise in frustration. Everybody told me the same damn thing, and it's like. You're going to beat your head against the wall. And, and the minute you move something, you're going to be like, why did I do that? Yeah. Or you look at a spot and you're like, man, I knew I should have sat there. Yeah. Yeah. But not 48 hours after he gets these sets made, he calls me up. I got a wolf. Like, Done. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> and we can get into that. In a, we can get into that in a minute. I get the... Um... I guess, I don't even know. It's one of those things that you get started in anything. And me personally, like just starting off doing something, like I said, I didn't expect to catch anything the first year. I have another buddy that has trapped for a couple of years and he got a a fox and, you know, he was like, could go every Sunday. There's a learning learning curve. Half eaten. You know, in two years, got a fox, and when he got to it, it was something that had eaten half of it. So, and you're telling me, oh, you're not, you know, there could be 20 wolves. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you got some traps. Go out there and get after it. Um, you gave me a breakdown of, like, you know, kind of how to set up, like, what to look for, places to set up, piss post, basically. Yeah. If you can find them great if not just try and get in a trail that they seem to be on and um yeah that was the 
off the bat, that was the hardest part was figuring out what the hell I was going to do. Yeah. And I mean, I was trying to give you, I mean, give you the best advice I could. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you can't really just tell someone how to do a lot of this stuff. And even with the length, you drew, you know, you're like, oh, here, this is make a cubby like this and drew it out for me. And I went and made it. And of course, with technology these days, I make my first cubby set. And before I go anywhere, I film it and send it to you. And you're like, yeah. move that stick, move these, get stepping sticks on either side and get them in there yeah. and not so much around there. And which was incredibly good, you know, to help me on my way. Yeah. Um, but with the whole wolf thing, which was immediately, you know, I had put out two link sets and then found all those wolf tracks and it's a sickness. I was immediately just infatuated. Yeah. I just was like, I want, want, they're here. I want them. Yeah. Bad. (laughs) Yeah. And it truly, I've heard so many people are just like, once it starts, like, you could give a shit about anything else. It's almost like, I did manage to keep my focus in a couple of different directions, but for a while there, I was just like, all I could think about and all I cared about was wanting it bad. Yeah, and I don't know, that plays into, you know, like for for people who haven't haven't done it, trapping opens up a whole new world. Oh, you start to look at every single trap, like I overheat my snow machine all the time now. I could be cruising along all the time, no problem. Now I'm like putzing along at like three or four miles an hour. Look every single top back up. Look, I missed those tracks. I was going too fast and eyeballing every single set of tracks, no matter what they are. And honestly, over the last couple of months, now I can go a bit faster and be like, oh, it's rabbits. That's slinks. That's Martin. Yeah. That's squirrels. That's what, you know, that's a uh, ermine crossed right there without having to actually stop and examine the tracks and look. You can start to, once you see a bunch of these tracks, it just is another thing. I've always been a pretty observant person because I've hunted my entire life, Mm -hmm. but this is almost like it's taking it to a whole nother level about observation of animal behavior and like where they're moving, you know, and this is a whole different, I've never hunted, you know, wolves before. I've never hunted lynx before, any of that kind of stuff. So this is like all of a sudden, this is these animals that are new to me yeah yeah and it's it's a lot of animals that i don't know you know every someone stumbles into a wolf when they're moose hunting or sheep hunting and shoots one occasionally but the majority of people that have killed wolves that's where you hear the stories oh i was bear hunting i was moose hunting i was sheep hunting shot this wolf but that's the biggest thing i've noticed is you learn so much not to say that you learn more than you do hunting because it's a totally different thing different season, different thing, but you, I mean, it exposes you to this whole new world that almost, it's like it, you know, someone that's not out there doing what you're doing, like it might as well not even don't exist. can't understand where you're coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just really cool. And, and amazing the stuff you can learn and teach yourself just from tracks. Oh yeah. A lot. You know, you can, when you can outsmart, and you, when you can get an animal that's as smart as a wolf to step on a few square inches in all the 
hundreds of miles they roam. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say something, and I slipped my mind what I was going to say. Happens to me all the I time. Had something, I had something right there that was like, I thought was very important that I was going to throw <laughs> in there, and it's gone. And I hear you saying, oh, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. I won't. <laughs> I think I, I think I did. I did think of what I was thinking about earlier, but uh, are we beyond that now? No, we can come back to. It. I'll find a good a good spot to slip that in. All right, but uh, yeah, man, and uh, I don't know what other, what other things have you observed, or I don't know stuff you find appealing or have like shocked you with trapping of just the difference between trapping and hunting. Well. What I notice is these these wolves are not screwing around. They got, like you said, all this area to roam through. But where do they go? They go right to where the moose are. Is where their areas are. It seems like the, at least the wolves that I'm trying to get after, they're. I've seen more moose this winter in the short period of time that I've been trapping than I ever have in any winter of being up here. Just because where I'm going is an area to try and get these things and there's they you know that's why they're there yeah because they want to kill moose and and eat them and and i'd tell anybody from in my experience like like the biggest thing you can have going for you for successfully trapping wolves is finding an area that they frequent you know because a lot of areas and areas i've trapped like they may come through once a month you maybe get one shot at them every month yeah and if this it so was happens lot, that you get you get a foot of snow right before they come through, you're you ain't gonna get them. This was right because you're everything's gonna be fouled up on you. Yeah. Um, these wolves were in this area a lot. They'd be like two or three days and gone again. Then two or three days back, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, whereas you were like, oh, you're lucky if they come through every four or five weeks, and yeah. Temple said the same thing to me. He's like, yeah, they just, every once in a while, they come through, and then they're on their way. Well, I think that this area that I found them in had a good food source is yeah. why I, you know. Yeah, I would agree. I would, if it, you know, we're speculating, I'd say that's why they had a moose down somewhere around there. Oh, I guarantee. I mean, every single pile of shit that was anywhere around there was just straight pieces of bone and moose hair. Yeah. Nothing else in it at all. Yeah. There's something else you observe, you know, you're like, well, now I pick up shit and stare, look at that <laughs> because I'm yeah. trapping to see what they're eating, you know, whereas normally you just kind of walk by piles of shit from animals. Or you're, or you're, you're ba- pick, picking or you're, up and bagging it. <laughs> picking it up and bagging it to use it somewhere else. Well, we traded. Yeah. And we, I, we trade. <laughs> We col- we each collected wolf shit from two different areas and then traded it. <laughs> and then I caught a wolf on one. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I put some out and they never came back by that, that piss post area. Um, I will say that once you get one, they're leery of that area. They're smart. Very, an- yeah. They're smart animals. They don't, they don't screw around. You know, areas where I've hung them up before and that pack comes back through, they will make a huge de- detour, detour around, around that they, area. Yeah. They won't They won't come back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just the things you do when you start trapping. I've caught them on dog shit. Yep, why not? 
the you know and it made yeah. sense to me in the in what we're talking about the premise and you know I don't know how well it would work for coyotes or whatever but wolves is there you know say a pack of them's going through their circuit you know dogs piss on stuff wolves piss on stuff it's marking their territory and they'll often they'll do these posts to whatever they're doing marking their territory and it's said. not. It's not uncommon for another wolf. Uh, they're uh, moose. These are my moose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not uncommon for another wolf to come along and and piss on that or take a dump right there. Mm-hmm. And through observation of tracks and talking to you know guys that have seen it a lot, they don't like it when another wolf's been pissing or crapping on their on their right. territory marker. Yeah, you know they'll start. They'll just go nuts and pissing all over it, and they, they kind of let their you, the theories you get it to let their guard down a little bit and get them to step where you want, and it's pretty effective. Yeah, you know they come up and start smelling that some other strange wolf has been here, so I gotta gotta mark it back up, and then you got them. If yeah. it not a lot of times it's not that simple, but that's that's the theory, and, and when everything's working for you, that's how it works. Right. It. But, uh, yeah, they're. They're definitely leery animals. Yeah. And another thing I was going to ask you just kind of on your perspective, because, I mean, you've hunted, you've laid stuff down since you're a little kid. And I'm kind of the same way. Like, you know, you get kind of, uh, I want to say desensitized to the killing part of it. Because, it's you know, you come to just understand that that's a part of it. Uh, and you had mentioned to me a little bit, like, I don't know, trapping is a little bit more personal. It truly is, because you're in the... Guys talk about traditional bow hunting all the time. Yeah. Getting close. Well, trapping you get even closer <laughs> than traditional bow hunting. I mean, you're, like, right there. It's really personal. It's... um. I got so excited the first year I ever shot, I couldn't remember which way the deer ran, which, you know. Yeah. My dad was like, was it a buck? I was like, (laughs) I hope. I don't remember. I don't know. (laughs) So, and over the years of hunting, I've learned to control that and not so much as far as I don't get excited but as far as I've been able to control that, I don't get so wound up before the shot is taken. But once the shot is taken, I can I come unglued. Yeah. And that when I say that I've been able to control that, I've basically haven't been able to control it. I've been able to postpone it. Yeah. I guess is a better way to better way to put it. And I have killed a lot of animals. And um each animal in its own way gets me really excited. But I caught that wolf and went right down and got right in the circle with it. Because it's, you know, a little back backlog as I set my traps up with 10 foot of chain that they that was welded on there already. And I hooked them to about 10 foot green spruce poles and set up drags for him because there's no there's, there's nothing n- where he's trapping to anchor the trap to nothing so, to, yeah exactly and that's so, pretty common to use different types of drags so i needed to set it up with a drag and 
this particular wolf, they was, I don't know, six or eight of them, and they came down the trail, and they missed one of my traps by, like, two inches. And the next one was set up on a on a piss post, and I got one. And it made it, like, 60 or 70 yards down over a bank, something like that, which, to me, through near waist-deep snow, an animal it ended up weighing 110 pounds, can drag a six-inch, five-and-a-half-inch spruce pole that's ten-and-a-half feet long through waist-deep snow. Sideways. Set sideways, because it's hooked in the middle mm-hmm. through that much snow for 70 yards or whatever it was, 60 or maybe 80 yards. But I couldn't believe that it made it that far. Mind-blowing. Yeah. But... To get in that circle and dispatch that wolf was, I was shaking. The adrenaline was running through me like nothing I've, anything I've ever done before. It is unbelievable to have that wolf looking at you and you're right there was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy that's been on a lot of successful brown bear hunts, sheep hunts, all this stuff. I thought that was pretty cool and like nothing ever has gotten my blood running like that before. Ever. Yeah. And it's the culminate I mean the culmination of like actually doing it and like outsmarting this critter. Yeah. And just seeing this animal like no one else gets to Look That's a wolf in the eyes from ten, 10 feet, feet away. away. Yeah, it's it. It will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up like There's almost nothing else. No doubt about it. It is. They're eerie looking. The way yeah. their their eye structure that it's like a V to the front of their head. Just the way their eyes are set up when they look at you. It's like and there's just there's something in their eyes that's like it's kind of creepy. Oh, like it it's, really it is too. No doubt about it. They'll look right through you, but uh, yeah, I mean, and trapping it's, and you get you can get into the different the dispatching, and basically, I know different animals you use different methods to dispatch them. Well, that's and, and that the, was a the, it's a big question that a lot of people have asked me. They're like, "Well, so did you shoot it?" And I'm like, "Well, depending on who I'm talking to, I'm like, yeah, sure, I shot it." But the reality of it is, is you're trapping for fur. Yeah. You don't want holes in it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of stuff, you know, like, you know, wolves, just because your method of dispatch tends to be the most, the best way to get them killed quickly. As fast as possible. As fast as possible and to do as little damage to the hide because, I mean, you can pull up and blast a wolf with a 30 out six but and be dead and it'd be dead instantly, instantly yeah. but then you you know you blow a huge hole in them and it affect like it de- severely diminishes the the value of the hide yeah which is a big re you know that's not the only reason but it's a, a big reason that you're taking that thing so it's kind of it's counterproductive right and uh you know i don't know wolves most of the time it's just for me you know i'll just use a 22 mag with solids and shoot them in the heart and it's over pretty dang quick you know stuff like like cats you know it's the the tradition you know i don't know 
call it the traditional way of doing it and the way it's pretty the most common way of doing it cats usually they're pretty they're fairly docile they're they're not jumping around they're just kind of laying there looking at you yeah and you you loop a use a, a choke pull basically loop a snare around their neck and pull them tight and pull them tight mm-hmm. and that's not easy for a lot of people to swallow but the reality of it is is that's how it's done yeah and that you know that gives you the best results where you can get the most out of that cat and when you're trying you're looking at it objectively that's quite a bit nicer than getting ripped to shreds by another cat oh yeah without a doubt without a doubt it's you know it only takes about 30 seconds and they're limp yeah and you figure that they get chased and then torn apart and possibly eaten while they're still kind of alive otherwise that it's all in all not all that bad for them you yeah know? i don't i don't know it's hard to t- it's hard to put it into the right words to cuz somebody's going to be pissed off about this no matter how you say it and no yeah. matter how nicely you try and put it and it's not if i didn't if i didn't feel bad about it i think that i'd be sick there'd yeah. be something wrong with me yeah. don't get me wrong every time that i have to kill an animal there's a part of me that's like, especially with trapping, there's a part of me that's like, wow, this is brutal. This is like right, really close, really personal. This animal's dying while I'm like three feet away from it watching it. And if there was a part of me that didn't feel bad, I think that I'd be some, I'd be fucked up person. Oh, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, and, and I feel the same way, you know, like that last wolf I caught, you know, I mean... This wolf was about as bum-looking wolf as I've seen. I mean, totally rubbed and just hair quality not there. Yeah. And I frankly, I I don't know how he hadn't froze to death yet this winter. But uh <laughs> but you know, that thing and it's like you're excited to catch him, but yeah, I like I you you do feel kind of bad part of you anyway. Yeah. But you, you, I mean, it's just a whole different level of understanding nature. And I mean, like that animal wasn't going to die a nice death. No. You know, so. Hell no. You know, you put him down and. Maybe he made it another year. Maybe he made it two more years. Maybe he made it four or five more years. Who knows? But the end result would be starving to death. Getting eaten by getting other eaten wolves. Getting eaten by other wolves. Getting, you know, there's any number of things. You'll fall and get in an avalanche or some something crazy like that. But that's good stuff that happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. And none of those aspects of, you know, the way that it dies, none of them are going to be as quick as you caught it in a trap and you dispatched it. Yeah. And, and I mean, and there's a lot of people that'll... Because you hear it, you know, oh, you know, just suffering in a trap. I, I've caught a lot of stuff. Yeah. And suffering, I think, is pretty relative. Why, one thing I've observed is wild animals are way tougher than people give them credit for. You know, stu- like the like this wolf, he wasn't acting like he was hurt. He's just sitting there looking at me. Yeah. You know, he. they're smart enough that they kind of know. I mean, they've spent days ripping up moose 
oh, yeah. and other stuff and, and other wolves and whatnot enough to know when their their time has come. So you kind of feel bad and get 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 it taken care of as quick as you can. But I don't know. There's a reality to it that that you may not if you have no exposure to it, you're not going to understand it. Right. And that's kind of what I was what I was wanting to get at earlier is whether it's hunting or trapping, like there are some realities that are, that people that aren't exposed to it just aren't going to be able to swallow. And that's, that is what it is. I don't know what the answer to that, you know, obviously you want to conduct yourself responsibly and take care of stuff as quick as you need to. The least amount of suffering as humanly possible for these animals. But, uh, you know, and that's what I was trying to tie into the hypocrisy of some of it is... You can go on, and I agree the image is important to a degree. Like I was saying, conduct you know the way you conduct yourself right. and and the stuff you put out there, being cognizant of what people are seeing and what they might interpret it as. But it ain't all it ain't a rose garden out there. No. I mean, whether you're shooting something with a bow or a rifle or having to get up close and personal and do it your you know do it manually, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know, through that, like, I, I, and I get mixed feelings about it, not enough to persuade me from not doing it because I, I like to think that I look at the big picture. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you definitely know whether you're ready for it or not, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I guess i seem to be ready for it it doesn't make well it doesn't, I'm, I'm what, what i just said didn't make no, any sense no i know <laughs> that's why i was like well i'm ready for it <laughs> yeah but uh anyway enough in the mud on that i think uh yeah i mean look there, there's let's some go, re- let's go all the way back to the to kind of full circle here for a second and let me say that tyler tried to explain to me how to make sets and like he said, it's difficult unless you're standing there with somebody and it's actually happening to tell somebody how to set up, especially for wolves. And it was a little bit easier with the with the um, lengths. I kind of sent him a video and he was like, oh, move this, move that. But with the wolf sets, he kind of explained to me and then I went home that night. I boiled a bunch of traps and I realized that it had to be scent was a big issue with everything with wolves. Yeah, and big time. I didn't know really how to even get started on. You know, do I get there and do I stomp around everywhere and set all this stuff up? Well, I got on YouTube and I started watching some videos of how other people are setting up for wolves and. I don't, I can't, I wish I could say the name of the videos that I watched. I don't remember what they were. This was a couple of months ago, but there was a guy that was like super crazy about scent and wouldn't even, he'd climb from his snow machine into his trailer without touching the ground and make all of his sets using a shovel that came out of a tote that was boiled too. And everything that was happening was... No touching the ground, not with your hands, not with your feet, not with anything. And I kind of went at it in that direction. And that's good. I mean, wolves are, 
way smarter than than most other stuff. Like, and canines in general are pretty wise. Wolves, it seems like, are on a totally another couple notches up. Yeah. And the reason guys do that, you know, a you know to keep any of your scent off, you're only using clean gloves and, and clean right. stuff that's been boiled. Yeah. But uh, they are have a knack for noticing any weird disturbance that wasn't there the last or that doesn't look right. And you think about it, they're running through this country their whole lives, right? And they can they know when something's out of place. Well, that was one of the tips that I got from watching these videos was I not only continued on some of my sets that were actually in the trail, I used a stick to continue my the runner tracks from my trailer yep. to like make them look like they were never there's like, any never any disturbance in the trail that just a snow machine with a trailer went through. Yeah. And I I like continued those runner lines in the trail after I had got done. And then with those with those piss post sets that I made, I saw in a video that a guy had a two liter soda bottle and used that after after like putting the snow over the trap and everything on the piss post. He'd take that soda bottle and realistically, they're going to be observant, but they can't tell the difference between their foot going down and that. There's five prongs on the you know, there's soda like bottle. on the bottom of the soda bottle, and you start sticking those things into the snow, into that fresh snow, and it looks just like wolf tracks, and that's minus so- the claws. And that's something I I hadn't known about, and uh, want to start trying that because any little thing you can make to make it look more natural. I mean, yeah, you come up to a piss post set like. They're half, ex- you know, they're half expecting to see wolf tracks, or if they see other wolf tracks been. on there, that's going right. to tip them off, you know. Yeah. Just anything you can do to take their attention away from right. the set. Well, that area was, they had been frequenting that, that rock, and, oh, sure enough, I mean, I made that set, and it was that next morning, I guess. I don't even know. It could have been that night, for all I know. But it was I made the set one day, and the next morning, I went out. So I made it in the morning. I guess I made it like 9 o'clock in the morning, the set, and I went back the next day at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and that wolf was there, trapped. Yeah. In that trap. So... Which is not how it normally happens. Well, no. <laughs> Frank's kind Tem- of a special case. Tem- <laughs> Temple told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> He was like, in my trap? And I was like, yeah, thanks, man. And he's like, are you kidding me? So I sent him a little video, and he was like, oh, my God. Because he was, he's one of He's been, you know, for a while, he hasn't caught one. And, and many, like, that's not abnormal, you know. And a lot a lot of it is just, you know, where you're trapping Having doesn't, have, doesn't have wolves run through there yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's, there. there's the... Whether it's being selective on where you're, you know, tr- finding an area with wolves, a lot of wolves in it, or just happen to have them hit an area that they're coming through, like just have it. You can't trap something that's not there. No, exactly. But yeah. needless to say, I can understand because he was. There was a couple other guys I think that you knew that had been trapping for years and never killed one, and they were a little, oh, maybe not pissed at you, but. 
No, but I definitely got some flack about like immediately going out and and catching wolves. Um, that's the first animal you caught in a trap. First animal that I caught in a trap. So I mean, we're gonna get into like trapping mice and rats, and <laughs> shit like that. I, I don't, I don't even need. We don't need to run down that road. But yeah, realistically, with a with a foothold trap, the first thing that I caught was a hundred and ten pound male wolf, which is a big one. And I've missed just because of you know it's been a lot of snow this winter, on and off, and I missed two more. I missed one by like two inches. In one trap, and I missed two other wolves in the same set two different times because of snow in the literally track right on the trap perfectly. When I took a stick to fix everything and set the trap off, pushed it right in the middle of a wolf trap track, and the trap went off because my little stick that I was using set it off, but their feet are huge, and it didn't. Didn't bust through the crust. Didn't bust through the crust. And that is more normal. But, I mean, right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I would have expected. I mean, I would have yeah. even told you, yeah, you're doing pretty good if you're getting them stepping on your sets. Right. But, yeah, this... Uh, Meanwhile, just to <laughs> catch one in like 24 <laughs> hours to just do a hammer, put the hammer down on one, it was... I was... It was mind-blowing to me. Um. But I've also had Lynx step on sets and Martin run up the pole and not, you know, where the tracks come up to the pole and run up the pole and the trap is falling around underneath or where Gray Jays get into stuff. And then I'm like, there's so many little tiny things that it takes an animal stealing your bait, knocking your trap to the side coming in from the wrong side and it's like all these things i'm like well if i would have done this i would have had caught that and if i would have done this but each time that that happens to me i'm not good on learning from explanation i'm much more of a hands-on learning yeah. kind of person so it's like all these times that animals come in and i don't catch them and they teach me something yeah that's something that i'll never forget Whereas if somebody just told me that, probably more like in one ear and out the other. And I think more so than just catching something, I think you learn more from the animals you miss. Right. Because any time, you know, and sometimes it's straightforward. Like the last time I was out, we got a big dump of snow and there's big old fresh tomcat tracks all over my went right in the set and you know at that point it was just the snow that hosed me but there's been a lot of times where you miss one and spend 15 minutes looking at the tracks in this set to figure out all right what what happened what caught his attention why did he step here instead of there and and kind of build your knowledge base to eliminate it's one thing and it's a big help when you get a guy that's been doing it for 40 years tell you, all right, do this. Right. Because either at some point someone had to go through the hard way to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I don't know where, you know, wherever you're at, like I would A, encourage you to get into trapping. You know, it's not for everybody, but I think a lot of people would be surprised how rewarding it is, how much work it is. 
Oh, once it's like um, you said, that was it's a little traps. I mean, maybe bigger with the wolf, but for Lynx and Martin and stuff, it's a tiny little trap. And there's all that forest and all that area, and you're trying to get an animal that runs around naturally doing its thing all the time to come and step in your trap. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. No. <laughs> it, yeah, it's. But yeah, I mean, I'd encourage you, like. Go try it or go with someone that has has a trap line and is willing to take you. If you can find someone that's willing to teach you some of the stuff, I mean, take full advantage of that because there's a pretty steep learning curve. There's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, and I, I'm technically a recreational trapper myself, you know, but basically catch enough to pay for my gas. Yeah. But, uh, Man, it's the, it's the whole learning experience, and that learning curve is steep, and if you can find someone that'll help teach you that stuff, it will bump you up quite a bit Speed on that, that. expedite that process, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, would you, through your experience so far, albeit you're a total greenhorn and just lucky, <laughs> oh, I don't know, on. like... It's all skill. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but, uh... I don't know, like what, like what are a few things you've learned from it, like since you started? I mean, it's a whole new world for you. I mean, maybe I know, if there's anything back, that we hadn't already. Yeah, I don't. Jeez, I don't even know. I know that I didn't like. I set a couple of snares out for like made cubbies with snares in them, and that's a whole nother. I was like, I. Ended up pulling them because I had links in both sets that I had snares, and I was like, I'm I'm trying to tackle too much at once. Yeah, I just need to like try and get myself confident with footholds before I try and start putting footholds out and snares and all sort of other stuff, or and, or vice versa. You know, some guys like right. Well, and that's where the way that the direction that I wanted to go was foothold sets. So. Mm-hmm. I ended up after going to these couple of um, snare sets and having the link go right in and turn around and come right back out again. I was like, well, this is, this sucks. You know, <laughs> there's two more that I could have had that I didn't because they walked right in and out and my snare wasn't set up properly. Um, and at this point, I've gone to the I've gone to the rigors of putting trail cameras up on one of my sets that I caught a couple links at. To try and see behavior because I went and I caught two and then another one came and walked right up and stood right in front of the trap and looked obviously right at the bait and the scent and turned around and walked away. And I'm like, well, what was how, different? Come, how come these two went in there and got caught and this one comes and doesn't get caught? So I was like, well, I'll, I'll figure this right out and put a trail camera up and we'll see. Well, I put a trail camera up and another lynx came in. And the camera didn't go off for some oh. reason. It was it was pretty cold. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the case, and we won't get into what kind of trail camera it was and why I wanted to smash the thing with yeah. a freaking stick on the side of the tree because <laughs> I was pissed that it didn't, you know, if it worked out. Everything that I had done worked out except for the camera didn't go off. Yeah. But I did have on there... Um, cow and a calf moose two different times whether it was the same cow and a calf 
which I don't think it was. They frequent the trails. Mm-hmm. You know, you lay down a snow machine trail and animals use it. It's easy walking. Yeah. They came in and they spent a lot of time, video after video after video, standing at a lynx cubby, sniffing like all the sticks and the stepping sticks and stuff, huh. which blew my mind. I was like, I would have expected a moose to just kind of walk right on by. Yeah. They stopped and they stood right in front of that set and... First, the cow stood there and was, like, sniffing around all the sticks and stuff because they can stand right in the trail and get their whole head all the way over to where the bait is on the tree and everything and sniffed everything, and it walked off a little ways, and then the calf comes in and does the exact same thing. And one of them, one of the videos, the calf actually turns around and comes back and is sniffing around. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say. A lot of times you can tell they've done stuff like that from their tracks, but yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever remember. It can recall having them do that. That's pretty sweet. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what's so intriguing to them that they're just walking down a trail kind of thing? You know, wonder what. And it's obviously my scent. Yeah, that they're smelling at. That's all over the yeah. sticks and everything. And that's you know? one like little thing to interject. A lot of times. On on trapping cats, they aren't ne- they aren't scent wary like right, which I'm not are. nearly you know as careful you know right stomping all over the ground and using my gloves that I use to put gas in my generator and stuff and not really caring too much about which it worked they don't care yeah you know for some reason there's been cases where they walk right up and they don't go in but in the same sense I can't say that that was something that I did because I had no difference in set and i caught cats there yeah and it, it's interesting the difference between cats you know i don't have any experience trapping bobcats but i would imagine they're similar yeah um cats meaning lynx it seems like generally you want to attract their 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 big time vision hunters i think you know you you a lot of times you you can't catch them just using a scent like a you know a beaver caster with some catnip I've heard um, stories of old timers just blaze a spot on the tree and put a some kind of a their scent, whatever kind of scent they're doing, caster or a little bit of you know. I've even heard of like black paint, a hmm. black dot in the middle of a blaze on a tree, no scent at all, and just put a dot there, and that's their sets. Yeah, but yeah, seems yeah seems like those cats are are very visually oriented where. You make a set, you want something that, that catches their eye, that attracts them, whereas canines, a lot of time, I mean, sometimes a dirt hole, you want to make it look like another, you know, fox or coyote or whatever has been digging there. Mm-hmm. But canines, it's like, it's got to be natural. It's got to be something that they think another dog did or whatever, whereas cats, it's like the more, like guys will, will hang CDs Right, that you was know, something. Yeah, that they'll, I, they'll hang CDs yeah. above their set that, like, the cats will see it flashing and go over there to investigate. They're very curious. And I didn't have CDs. I used tin foil. Yeah, that too, or pie plates. Stuff from those cook, tin foil, from tin foil pie plates. That makes plates. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I used put some flagging tape and I would crimp tin foil in a square around it, and it's like with the little wind that we normally have around here, with like a four inch square. That tinfoil just kind of flops on the end of a piece of flagging tape, and you can see it from a ways away. And I'm kind of like 
where I've gone about putting a lot of my sets up. I've put them up where you can see both directions on the trail or in areas where you can see a long ways around so that anything kind of cruising through the area will see something from that spot. But I think that with, with talking to a lot of people, especially with trapping cats, less is more. The faster that you can build your cubby and the less BS that you can, you know. The less time you I have got, to spend making ex- your set. Exactly. And I got to, I was talking with somebody a week ago and I was like, well, I put my footholds in and I attached them to the tree where I had my bait. And then I put up my sticks and you catch an animal and it destroys your whole set. Yeah. And then you got, and of course the ground's all packed down. It freezes. Everything's hard. It's a pain in the ass to put the sticks back in. I thought to myself, why not build the cubby, put the bait on the tree, the scent, attach the trap to the other side of the trail so that once the cat steps in the trap and it starts, you know, thrashing around, that it's going to try and go back towards the woods on the other side, not attached to the tree where the scent is and it trashes your whole cubby set. And I've never tried that. way that. there's only the own, your stepping sticks and maybe the first six inches of your cubby are going to get knocked down and the cat's going to go across the trail into the woods on the other side and hide rather than going trashing your whole cubby and hiding behind the tree that you have your set on. Yeah, and that's, I can't say I've I've tried that. To me, immediately after trying to stick in all those sticks back into frozen ground, I was like, I got to do this differently. Yeah. I need my my chain to run underneath the trail into the tree on the other side rather than, and that, just like we were talking about, expedite the process. I want to be able to go, dispatch the animal, recent, put a couple of sticks up that got knocked down, move on to the next set. Yeah, and, you know, with short daylight hours and everything, you know, any of the the guys that are running, that are serious trappers running big lines, like, they've got it pretty dialed in as far as being efficient. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'll have to to try that because, I mean, you you may have the occasional cubby where he's reaching around, you know, still tears it up, but it's a good point that it, you can save yourself a lot of work, you know? And that's just literally just the little tiny bit of trial and error. Like we said, every single thing for me, I'm hoping teaches me some kind of a new lesson on what, how these animals behave, how they act, what they're going to do, and how can I make this easier on myself and easier on them in the long run. Yeah. And uh, I guess to kind of wrap up, what would you say... And I didn't. I haven't. He's mouthing some some dirty words. <laughs> no. And I haven't asked him this question yet. What would you tell someone? I don't know. Being brand new to trapping and what you've learned. What would you tell someone who has an experienced hunter say, but doesn't know what to think about trapping or may not even be interested in it? What would you tell them, or how could you sum that up as far as what you've gotten out of it? And that may just be unique to you, but is that even a legit question? I don't even know. What I don't. What would I tell somebody that hunts that doesn't trap? 
Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, how could I jump, like, like try to, to like feed them something to get them involved with trapping kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. It extends your hunting season. It definitely it does. Takes, it takes something that normally would end in, for me, you know, typically in September, and it turns something into having September, October, and now it's going to be to boil traps and get everything ready. And then from November 1st, to depending on where you're trapping and what you're trapping, it can take your whole winter into more being out there and being with the animals and learning what they're doing and that kind of stuff. Um, and that was a real long round roundabout way of asking that question. I guess. Well, yeah, I'm not. Know, I'm no good at interviewing. No, and I, you know, it's it's weird. There's not. I don't know what you know. You you we keep coming back to you know what have you learned from trapping and really I haven't learned anything that I in a broad spectrum. I didn't learn anything that I didn't know already, but what I did learn was refining everything that I did learn. Like you're taking it down to like a lot more of a microscopic level, you know, you're not, you know, typically we moose hunt. We're not looking at moose tracks so much. We're not looking at, you know, sheep tracks and sheep shit kind of thing. You know, there's like piles of it everywhere and we're looking two miles away to find sheep or find a moose or whatever that you're going to put a stock on. Whereas trapping it's, it's close. It's personal. You're drawing animals in rather than bringing yourself to animals. Mm -hmm. And what I will say is, is is a lot harder, much harder than any hunting that I've ever done. You know, like you said, you're lucky. You got, I got the, 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 the Irish charm. Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I, um, got a bunch of stuff this year first year ever trapping i caught fox and um lynx Lynx, martin Martin, wolf i caught tons of rabbits and snares um it's a whole different realm it's like getting into a whole new thing and it's a lot harder to get an animal to come to you to come to you to step, get in a snare, get into a trap than it is to glass something up and walk to them and get them. And don't, don't get me wrong. It's still hard to glass something up and go and, and kill it. But this whole trapping thing is like taking it to a whole new level for me. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad to see you. Glad to see you get into it, man. I mean, yeah, up here anyway, it definitely makes the winners Oh, go by a lot quicker. I winter just flew by. I got to go tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day of Martin, and I got to go pull all my Martin sets tomorrow and, unfortunately, shovel out all my Lynx sets, too, because it's dumped snow again today. Yeah. And everything's buried once again. Yeah. Um, it seems to be in the last couple of weeks that's been par for the course. Everything's just been in a perpetual... There was a while it warmed up animals were moving i was catching a bunch of stuff and now it's just been like snow cold snow cold snow cold and animals haven't been moving all that much recently i mean granted don't 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 listen to everything i'm saying because i'm just getting started but i have been out there on a daily basis and there's not a lot of tracks around even the rabbits you know and i know there's just 
miles of rabbits around there's they're everywhere yeah and just in the last couple you know the last week they just haven't been moving hardly at all um so yeah tomorrow i gotta go and pull pull my martin sets because the season ends tomorrow night at midnight and clean out all my my link sets got another couple weeks for that yeah yep luckily yeah i'm, I'm gonna be crying when it's all done, said and done I'm yeah like, oh boy next november <laughs> yeah well all right folks hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast um me trying to get in depth sometimes doesn't work too well but <laughs> but uh, it's fine we, yeah i think the what what we talked about got across good yeah i hope so yeah so anyway yeah appreciate your feedback um if you want to have questions or comments, you can email podcast at tundratalkak.com. And, uh, yeah, Frank, thanks for joining me. And uh, you guys take care and tune in next time. Right on. Thanks, everybody. It was a good time. Thanks.